big idea. Jesus was the embodiment of the Father. Our weekly identity statement, I am the embodiment of Christ. And our memory verse, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Luke chapter 6, verse 43 through 45. So, you really want to become like Jesus, eh? But how? How do we actually become like Christ? Well, it begins with desire and belief. The question is, do we want to change? The primary function of our hearts is related to our will and desire. Most of us tend to dwell on the emotional and feelings-related aspects of our hearts, but the dominant force of our heart is desire. For real change to take place, your heart has to be transformed. This is why discipleship or apprenticeship to Jesus isn't primarily about knowing the right knowledge. You can know the Bible inside and out and still be a jerk. I've known plenty of people like this. Information alone doesn't transform your heart. If we are going to change, we need to learn how to want to change. More specifically, we need to learn how to desire deeply in our hearts to live how God wants us to live. We must want God's vision for our life more than our own. We have to want to know Christ. We have to want more of God's presence in our lives. This is the work of discipleship and becoming like Christ, and it takes time. I can't want it bad enough for you. How bad do you want it? Do you want to change? Something I'm coming to a deeper understanding of is the role belief plays in our transformation. Specifically, do you believe you can change? Do you believe it is possible for you to change? So many people think they can't change. I'm sorry to say, this is just a lie we have embraced. Neuroscientists used to believe that once the brain was fully developed, which they thought happened at a pretty young age, you couldn't change. There was no hope for overcoming your past. If you had brain damage, that was it. Your life was over. The truth is, that's not true. Now, neuroscientists know that our brains are plastic. In other words, moldable. They can be changed. It's called neuroplasticity. Also, your brain is generating new brain cells even up until the day you die. The truth is, you can change. But the truth also is, it's not always easy. And the really good, deep change that Jesus wants to do in our lives is almost never easy. Sometimes, God definitely comes in and does a radical work, and when he does, we should celebrate it. But most of the time, God works in our day in, day out, walking humbly with him. You might want to change, but if you don't believe you can, then you never will. Do you believe you can change? Really ask yourself that question and wrestle with it for a minute or two. Do you, right now, believe you are able to change? Now, think of the change you want to see in your life. What is it? What do you want to stop doing and what do you want to start doing? As you think of stopping an old habit, do you really believe it's possible to stop it? When you think about what you want to start doing, do you really believe it is possible to do that? Do you really believe it's possible to embrace the new change at a deep enough level that it actually becomes a part of who you are? Because it is possible. You can change. 
Transformation is a reality in the kingdom, and God wants to mold you and shape you into the likeness of his son. You can change. We spoke about this some yesterday, but there are some key components to begin the process of becoming like Christ. First, focus. We have to narrow our focus. Too often, we try to do too much at once, and we usually fail at it. That's okay. Don't beat yourself up about that. That just helps to show us the potential there is for change in our lives. What we may need to do is focus on one specific thing we want to stop doing and one thing we want to start doing. That's the whole heart behind the capture process we introduced earlier in this 90-day journey. Becoming like Christ is a journey. It's a process. You cannot microwave discipleship. To put it in the words of Paul that we shared from Colossians on Sunday, what do you want to put off and what do you want to put on? From Paul's list in Colossians 3, maybe you need to work at taking off one of these. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips, lying and deception. What one thing from that list do you want to take off? Like we talked yesterday, these are weeds that get deeply rooted in our hearts. God may need to do some serious work to your heart to be able to truly root out this problem. When you know what you want to put off, then you can start to rehearse resistance. First, mentally practice resisting this urge when it comes up. Think about a situation where you would normally give in, but this time, see yourself in your mind's eye resisting. Next, you'll want to actually practice resisting. If you have someone you can trust, have them offer you opportunities to engage in the opportunity you want to resist. Actually practice resisting. What's your plan for resistance? Do you need to come up with a one-liner you can use in certain situations? Rehearse resistance. At the same time, what one thing do you want to focus on putting on? Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with others, forgiving as you've been forgiven, love? If you feel like there are several that you want to focus on, choose one. You can work on the others later. If you don't focus on one and instead choose a few, you'll probably fail at all of them. Also, our primary focus should be on what we are becoming. When we focus all of our attention on what we are trying not to do, our attention is still on that thing. Instead, focus on the you you are becoming. This is the planning phase. You need to make a plan for putting off and putting on. Just like you rehearsed resistance, you also need to rehearse embracing the new habit. In your mind's eye, see yourself responding in the way you want to respond in a situation. See yourself doing perfectly the thing you want to do. The more specific the situation you can imagine, the better your chances for success. And, just like before, with a trusted friend, actually practice making the choice you want to make, doing the habit you want to do. Before we move on, ask yourself, if you believe you can change in these areas, do you believe you can stop doing that one thing? Do you believe you can start doing the other? It is God's desire that we would look more like His Son. This is what God wants for your life. He wants His life growing up in you. This is a work God wants to do, but He will not do it to you. He will only do it with you. 
His plan for your life is so good. Believe that you can change and that God wants to help you change. Next is frequency. Frequency has two meanings and both apply here. Let's start with the frequency with which we do something. If you want to change, you have to work at it regularly. You can't become a bodybuilder or a marathon runner in one day. Instead, you have to run frequently to build up your endurance. The same is true for resisting something. You don't just resist it once and figure you're all good. You have to frequently resist the urge to do it. Your brain is hardwired to keep doing what it already knows how to do. Your brain doesn't like learning new things because one of the primary functions of your brain is efficient use of energy. So, even though something may be bad for you, if it's a hardwired habit, it's going to take a lot of times resisting that old habit and replacing it with a new one. It's not even something you do every day. It's something you do many times throughout every day. That's when you really start to grow and change. Frequency also has to do with waveform, the most widely understood form being the radio. Just like we tune our radio to a station to hear the kind of music or program we like, we have to frequently tune to God's frequency. God is the grand storyteller of our lives. He has a much better story to tell in your life than the one you've been telling. For God to be able to change the story we are currently living, we have to be tuned in to the narrator. Are you frequently turned in to God's frequency? The more you tune into him, not only will the story of your life get better, but you'll have more power to be able to resist the things you don't want to do and embrace the things you do. However, that's just the beginning. Tomorrow we're going to look at living from Christ, with Christ, and for Christ. Do you want to change? Do you believe you can change? Focus on who you're becoming. Increase the frequency you work on it and tune into God's frequency. Our daily scripture focus is Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. As we wrap up, I encourage you to take a few minutes to think and pray through a few things. First, conceptualize. Take a minute and walk through mentally resisting and embracing. Second, reflect. Do you really want to change? Do you truly believe you can change? Third, repent. Spend some time praying and ask God to change your mind and heart about each of these areas. If you have doubted that God has the power to help you change, ask for forgiveness and ask him to help you see the greatness of his power in your life. And finally, thank God. Thank God for the story he wants to reveal in your life. Thank God that he made you for so much more than this. 